concerning the U.S. economy. Official figures show that once more the Hey, Whitewater friends and family. Um, recently, we've been stuck in the house because it was raining so much. And finally, the sunlight broke through one morning. And our whole family just walked outside, including our French bulldog. And as we were headed toward the yard, our, our bulldog just ran out into the grass. And before we could even get to the yard, he just started running in circles, running and running and running and just tearing up earth. Just had the biggest grin on his face. He was in the sunlight. It was warm outside. It was beautiful. And it was like a moment for all of us. We were like, yes, that is exactly how I feel. <laughs> how are you doing, oh, Whitewater friends? You guys hanging in there? I sure hope so. Um, we've jumped into a new series that's called How to Find Peace of Mind. And the goal of this series is really to take a journey with Jesus toward wholeness and peace. Now, there's this verse um, from Jesus. It says this, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. That's John 10.10. 10. I love that verse because Jesus is talking about life, the, the forces that that we're created for the force of life that God has uh, given to every human being. And, and the idea of life is um, in the Greek is a term called Zoe. Um, and Zoe life is, is it's bigger than a lot of um, maybe the way we think about it in our culture. It means like wholeness, fullness, joy, peace, abundance, overflowing goodness. Um, and I love that idea. And for our series, we're going to be talking about uh, life uh, Zoe life in the sense of life, a life of wholeness and peace. And in this sermon series, we're going to be looking at mental health, relational health, emotional health, physical health, and spiritual health. These are dimensions of Zoe life, of life with God. And um, today we're going to be really focusing in on emotional, mental, and spiritual health. Um, last week, I talked about having a a car where I, I put new tires on, or they were actually old tires, but they were new for the car. I put them on, went driving, and then parked it. Next morning, I come out, and my tires are totally flat. And I was like, did I hit a nail? Did I, like, how did I pop this? And when I looked closer, what I found was the pressure hadn't, of the new, of the, of the weight of the car hadn't caused the cracks. The, there were cracks that were already there. And I think this is so important for our life. Pressure doesn't always create the, create the cracks. It reveals the cracks in our lives. The pressure of COVID-19 um, could be a, a, an obstacle toward uh, life and uh, wholeness and peace, mental and emotional health. Or we could look at the pressure that's revealing the cracks in our lives as an opportunity to grow and deal with maybe issues that have always been a part of our life, but we've ignored them. It might be time to look at the cracks in our life and begin letting Jesus restore them. Now, I don't know about you, but um, the way I work is uh, my emotions, my mind and heart kind of work like a rubber band. 
So for me, what that looks like is when I start going through crisis or trauma or go through storms in my life, my mind just starts focusing and getting out ahead of my emotions. My head starts getting out ahead of my, uh, of my heart. And then pretty soon the pressure mounts, mounts, and then son of a Michael. For some people like me, their, their mind will lead, uh, first. And then when it comes to a point of crisis, the emotions will come and snap. Um, some of, some of you, you might be emotion led and your emotions will lead you. And then your mind eventually, boom, catches up and snap the head and the heart kind of lead at different times for us and different people. Last week, we left off with the story where Jesus is with his disciples. They're in a storm and they cry out to him. Don't you care about us? Do something. I mean, we're going to jump right into that story about a time of crisis. How do we um, maintain or how do we retain emotional and mental health through the crises and storms that life will throw at us? Mark chapter 4. When evening came, Jesus said to them, his disciples, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. They left the crowd and took him into the boat just as he was, and other boats followed along. Gale force winds arose and the waves crashed against the boat so that the whole boat was swamped with water. This is a serious storm. Verse 38, but Jesus was in the rear of the boat sleeping on a pillow. He's just sleeping. He's not aware. He's not intensely connected to the storm. He is asleep. And they woke him and said, teacher, don't you care that we're drowning? There's a snap moment here where their uh, emotions uh, are leading and their mind catches up. They all of a sudden realize they're in the storm and then they, they realize what's happening. And then they finally look to Jesus and say, Jesus, you're going to do something. Don't you care about this? Now, let me give you the context for this. The context for this story his, his disciples, many of which are fishermen, are with Jesus in a boat. This means that Jesus is in their world. I mean, these fishermen have grown up on the Sea of Galilee. They know, um, they know the sea. They know how to fish. They know the storms that come up. And his disciples, many of them who are fishermen, are terrified. Like they, if you've got fishermen that are terrified, you know, it's a terrible storm and they're helpless. They're hopeless. And they're asking God, Jesus, do you care about us? What are you, what are we going to do? Imagine the anxiety, the worry and the fear that's being surfaced in this moment. Have you ever had a moment like that where you, where you ask God, do you even care about this storm that I'm in? I mean, many of us have been hit so hard with COVID-19, we're trying to reorient our whole life. Like our emotions are starting to catch up with our mind or our mind starting to catch up with our emotions. And there's been some snap moments. So how do we maintain um, spiritual, mental, emotional health? And how do we really trust that Jesus is here with us? For, for me, um, when COVID-19 hit as a storm, I've been trying to practice this thing where I, when I feel afraid and when I feel like anxiety, trying to like open my hands, just keep them open. Cause it's hard to be mad or super controlling when you're just like opening your hands. So like the storm is kind of hitting waves. I don't know about you, but emotional and reality waves. And so I've been trying to keep my hands open. And first we find out 
COVID-19, which is a storm none of us planned for. I didn't plan for it. It changes everything. But what does it mean? And I'm trying to keep my hands open. Okay, God, I trust you. Uh, and then social distancing. Okay, that's that's weird, but I can handle that. Um, and then you got to stay in your homes. We can't we can't go out. We're not supposed to go out and meet with people. Okay. And then uh, in the middle of this, we had started a, a roof project. My house needed a new roof, and it, it got started, but then it got delayed. So I don't have a roof. Okay, God, I'm going to keep my I'm going to keep my hands open. Um, now, when I walk around, uh, you know, with my family, I'll just look at people's roofs, saying, "Oh, it'd be nice to have one of those." I'm keeping my hands open, and uh, and then and then out of nowhere, a literal storm hit that wasn't predicted in the weather, and without us having a roof. I'm trying to keep my hands open, God, and I walk out in the morning and I see stains of wet water coming through my ceiling. Okay, God, my hands are open. And then uh, I hear from downstairs, Wes, don't bite me. Novella comes running up. Dad, Wes is biting again. Hands open. Sarah comes in. Uh, the car's not working. What? Hands open. And just thing after thing. And then, and then we find out we have some friends that are, that have been hit by COVID-19. Okay. God, I'm trying to keep my hands open. We have friends who are losing their, their jobs because of COVID-19, uh, losing potentially their businesses. And it's like, there's moments where you're just like, are you, um, kidding me? God, don't you care? And it's really hard to keep my hands and heart open through every wave of the storm. Have you ever felt like that? And in those moments when the disciples are in this storm yelling at Jesus, don't you care that we're drowning? Um, that's really the question of Jesus. Are you really good? Do you really care? And I want to look at the rest of the story. What does this story teach us about the goodness and power of Jesus? So here's how Jesus responds to their cry. 39, verse 39, he got up and gave orders to the wind. His disciples might have been expecting him to give orders to them. Like, what do we do right now? Can you give us the right plan, the right action plan? Can you control the boat? And Jesus ignores the boat, ignores giving instructions to them, and he instructs the storm. And he said to the lake, silence, be still. The wind settled down and there was a great calm. Isn't that a, I love that, the, the phrasing, there was a great calm. And Jesus turns toward his disciples who are just like, you know, these fishermen, someone probably got wooden teeth. I imagine one with like a eye patch, one with a wooden leg. You know, they're terrified on this lake. And Jesus asked them, why are you frightened? Don't you have faith yet? I'm sure Jesus is saying that with a little bit of like a twinkle in his eye. Why are you so frightened? Why are you so afraid? Why don't you have faith yet? He's saying, don't you know who I am? Have you forgotten who is in the boat with you? Have you forgotten who is in the storm with you? Not only am I a teacher, not only am I uh, a mentor to people, but, but, but I command the natural world around you. I am, I am in control of the worst storms. We all have questions in the storm. It often comes down to, 
God, are you good? God, where are you? How are you at work in all of this? And there's a verse in Psalms 145, verse 8. It says this, the Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. That the nature, the being, the the character of God is totally and utterly good, compassionate, slow to anger, rich in love. That's the nature of God. In the middle of a storm, yeah. In Hebrews 1.3, it teaches us this. The sun, that's Jesus, is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. Here's what that amounts to. The sun is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being. And this is talking about Jesus, the sun. So th- what this means is this. If you want to know what God is like, look to Jesus. If you want to know what God is like in the flesh, in real time, in real world, in real storms, look to Jesus. Jesus is the representation, the reflection of God. God's compassionate love that we just read about, his His rich love, his goodness are manifest or made known to us when we look at Jesus That's what God looks like in the flesh. The other thing is Jesus is with us in the storm, not just on sunny days. Jesus is with the disciples, I'm pretty sure, on a lot of sunny days. Um, But Jesus wasn't just, you know, with them when everything was great. He was with them in the storm. God is with us. Jesus is with us when we go through the storm. Jesus will ultimately calm every storm. I think it's so important to know that this too shall pass, that every storm we go through, we're going to come out of. And we don't know what that's going to, what the toll will be on us emotionally, physically, but we do know that Jesus will ultimately calm every storm. God will put all things right ultimately. And in the meantime, God is restoring things. He's putting out lots of storms in our lives. The question is, do we trust him? Now, here's another thing. A major question that comes up is, how is God good in the storm? Check out this verse. This is so helpful. And I will give you treasures hidden in the darkness, secret riches. I will do this so you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, the one who called you or calls you by name. God uses storms, God uses darkness to reveal his goodness, to give us treasures hidden in the darkness. Sometimes when we're like, God, how could you be good in this situation? We've forgotten to look for his goodness in that situation. So easy to just look at the storm like the disciples did. God, don't you care? And Jesus kind of gets up and just says, calm down. We have to keep our eyes looking for God's goodness in the storm, the treasure in the darkness. God works for good in the ordeal, not just the ideal. If God has treasure for us in the darkness and Jesus is with us in the storm, then God God is at work 
in the ordeal. Like life doesn't have to be perfect. Your life doesn't have to be ideal. Your um your personal health doesn't have to be ideal for God to be at work in it. Your home your home like if you don't have a roof, like God is still at work. God is still good. In our world that it has a lot of problems. It's not always ideal. God is at work in the middle of the ordeal. God turns evil and pain into good. God turns evil and pain into good. God is the master of turning um, the things that have been turned toward evil by our world and by people. He turns it to good. He's the master of that. God transforms our pain and suffering into good. God is the master of this. Sometimes when we look at our life and we say, life will never be the same. I'll never be able to recover. Uh, nothing good can come from this. God is the master of taking our pain, our suffering, and transforming it somehow into goodness. The goodness of, of shaping our character into who we wouldn't have been. Shaping the situations around us. God never uh, wastes a hurt. He loves to use people who have been through pain and who are healing to, as as wounded healers, people who can heal and help the healing of others. And it's never more demonstrated than when we see God taking pain and suffering in his son Jesus as he's dying on the cross and converting that pain and suffering into good for humanity. That God's love was unleashed and converted through the cross of Jesus. And that means God is always good. We can take that, that to the bank. We can put our hopes and our trust in that. Now back to the end of the story. Overcome with awe, they said to each other, Who then is this? Even the wind and the sea obey him. He's more than a teacher, not less, but more than just a teacher. The storm is revealing that he not only has the words of life to teach us about life, but also words of power and goodness. The storm is revealing the power and goodness of Jesus. And the the disciples now, their emotions are beginning to catch up with their mind. It's a snap moment. They are in awe of Jesus. I had a snap moment as we were going through the storm, um, I remember when COVID-19 first hit, everything shifted. I mean, my mind and emotions were all over the place. But the way I lead, if you remember, is like my mind focuses. So I started focusing. And um, for about 10 days, um, we just we, we just were in crisis mode. Uh, we were shifting the whole church online to serve people. We were trying to... Um, to minister to our staff and get our staff up and running with the new reality. Um, we were trying to, to serve people in crisis and there are all these crises coming in while we're shifting the church. And then I'm also trying to shepherd and minister to my family. Uh, so I just kind of had to turn off my emotions for 10 days basically and just focus. We needed to get new sermons up. We need to do all these things. We're also trying to pay attention to the news. Like, like not, we were getting new regulations, not weekly, not even daily, but 
by the hour. Uh, we'd make plans and then all of a sudden we'd find out an hour later, oh, those shifted. We have to actually do this now. And then again, we'd make plans and then we have to shift and do this. So we were just uh, moving so quickly for 10 days. We put together an, a, a larger advisory team to make decisions for our church. Uh, we put together um, a, a communication strategy internally, externally. We put t- together a team that, that was going to find ways to uh, do community care, to serve our community in this time of change and crisis. And we were just focused and uh, working so hard and, and, and all of a sudden on that 10th day, I remember, and I'll just be honest. It was like, I'd been a few days since I had taken a shower and I was like, I need to take a shower. And, uh, and as I, I got in, like all of a sudden my mind had stretched as far as it could for my emotions and it snapped. Like there's this moment where, um, my emotions just came flooding in and it was an amazing moment for me. It was really hard and amazing at the same time. Because all the emotions I had walled off for 10 days came rushing. All the fears, all the anxieties that I'd been closing off just hit me. But at the same time, in the middle of this storm, in the middle of this moment, the goodness of God hit me at the same time. And I just wept. And I don't normally cry, um, but I was in the shower and I couldn't control myself. All of a sudden, um, just all the ways the goodness of God had prepared us for this moment hit me. And I started thinking about like how God had prepared our church for this moment. We had commissioned our whole church, commissioned people into their areas of calling. So we, we knew what, um, where our doctors were and our educators and our stay at home moms and dads and, you know, just all the different professions people are in and their callings. We, we had commissioned people there. We knew where they were. So we were able to mobilize our church. God had prepared us. Um, I, I thought about a year and a half to two years earlier with our team. We had talked with uh, Mike and Scott about um, putting together a creative space and beginning to to create a library of of digital videos of hope and help for people. And so we we had a we had a place to do film like this. God had prepared us for that. Um, each leader that had been brought on, like it was like for this moment, for such a time as this, God had prepared us um, for this crisis. There were pastors and business um, leaders in the community and nonprofit leaders in the last year I've been building relationship and partner with. And then all of a sudden the crisis hit. It was like everything accelerated. The partnerships accelerated. Every, we needed each other. Um, there, there were just these, these moments where uh, even the, the new place, the new building we're in and the partnership we, and friendship we have with, uh, Farm 12 and Step by Step and, um, uh, Krista Linden, um, just all these things converged. I just, I just remember being in the shower and in the middle of the storm, my emotions connecting with my mind and my head connecting with my heart. Also, the goodness of God collided with the storm. And I just wept. And I just want to encourage you, if you are having any of those moments and your emotional health it feels frayed and deteriorated, your mental health might feel frayed and deteriorated, remember to look for the treasures in the darkness. Remember who is with you in the storm. And lastly, remember to listen to the voice that calms the storm out here, but can also calm the storm within.